You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. I am your host, Robert Walker. Before I introduce you to my guest, I just want to tell you all something that I've recently come up with, and that is a name for you, listeners. From now on, I'm going to refer to you as cyclithids. You are the illithids sucking out what I know in my brain about psychology and Dungeons and Dragons. So now you are all my little cyclithids. With that, let me introduce you to my very good friend and roleplay companion, Jamey. Jamey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Rob, for having me. I'm glad to be here. Jamey is now amongst all of you as the newest cyclothid, and he is going to be talking with me today about an interesting topic, and that is the idea of advancing or powering up mundane items in your games. So often the mundane is used early on in low levels, but as game advances and magical powers come online and characters become more powerful, a lot of those really cool and unique alchemical items or mundane items are set by the wayside because they don't stand up to magic all of the time. But we want to talk about ways that you can make those items more usable in your later games and more applicable. And Jamey is the perfect person to have on for this because he is like the master of alchemy when it comes to D&D. He has always got alchemy as a skill for his characters, and he uses mundane objects in ways that I never think of. So I definitely wanted to have him here to talk about this. So again, welcome, Jamey. Why don't you start by just telling me a little bit about what it is about alchemy and mundane items that are not magical that appeal so much to you and why you use them so much in games? I think that probably it's good to go back when I first started, um, probably, what, 10 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. playing with robin and this group i i just found this i found this part missing in all of the games everybody was focusing on magic and finding resolutions in there and i found this part in the book called alchemy and i'm like wow these are some really uh these are some really amazing tools that nobody's taking advantage of and was a find able to find a niche that was unique and then solved a lot of problems uh, i noticed that one of the biggest issues that we run across in game is there's always somebody with dispel magic probably is one of the biggest things, or every spell has a counter to it um, built in. And alchemy doesn't. Um, It's one of those things that can't be dispelled. You can't just make it go away. And uh, it's always there to kind of pull you out of a bad spot when you need to. Do you have any particular items that are your favorite in terms of alchemy or mundane items? Oh, by far. By far. Yeah, my favorite by far is smokestick. Mm -hmm. Um, It just creates that non-magical... cover for a get out of dodge and uh or a uh, if you find a way to actually see and smoke it's a a great tool for an assassin and or for a stealth type character i think probably one of my other ones that's really my favorite is probably guest glask which is a uh, a ghoul kind of a mixture that um, has a saving throw but there are a lot of things that's neat about alchemy is that even though a lot of them don't have, have low saving throws right now at the beginning of the game, even if you fail the saving throw, there's still an effect, mm-hmm. right? You're still able to lower somebody's DC um, with most spells. That's not the case. If they make their saving throw, then the spell has no effect at all. So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously exceptions to both of those things, but I think you're right. Like in terms of uh, alchemist fire, even if you save out of the damage, you can either take half damage or those standing by take one point of damage if they're mm-hmm. splashed by it. 
Um, so things like that do give it an opportunity to even in unmagical situations or places where you need to do spread damage around, they can be pretty effective that way. Really, especially at low levels, one point of damage to, you know, five monsters can be a pretty big deal. Right. I find that alchemy is just also one of those things that I can find pretty much anywhere in game. If you think about your adventure in the game, you're always running across some sort of natural poison and creatures. Um, you're running across uh, lava or you're running across all kinds of different alchemical items that are just laying around. Um, and you can just renew your stock as you go. Mm-hmm. Is is something as simple as uh, pepper on the table at the bar that you're hanging out with. Throw that in your pocket and all of a sudden you have an alchemical item you can use to uh, blind somebody or cause them to sneeze. Especially if you're using some of those rules like the dirty tricks and things like right. that. Um, little items like that could definitely have a powerful effect. Do you have any stories about items that you've used in games or moments where you thought you were particularly clever with the use of an alchemical item or a mundane item that maybe somebody else just hadn't thought of? Um, I mean, smokestick again, is my go-to um, just because, um, you know, I'm not, I've, I'm not that type of character who's going to stand in the gap and die no matter what. I'm always going to run away. I figure, you know, it's always better to survive. And anybody in the group knows that about me. I'm, I'm the, I'm the one person that will not die if it, if there's any <laughs> other chance to do that. So I'll use that on there. I do love, um, adding alchemical to, uh, range weapons as well. Uh, Pathfinder has made that available to us. It just gives you that extra one D four on every attack, mm-hmm. which everybody's always looking for that little extra. And the fact that it can't be dispelled or in an anti-magic field, it's it's still effective is is always really good. You're talking about like weapon blanches and things like that. And weapon blanches, yeah. um, things like that, where you can actually, a lot of people dismiss weapon blanches because it's one application. But if you apply it to ammo, you get 50 applications out of it. I think it's 10. It's, it's quite, yeah, but it is a significant amount more than a single swing with a sword, right? Because you can coat a whole bunch of arrows with it and then... If, say, you're dealing with some type of damage reduction mm-hmm. that a Blanche can bypass, all of a sudden you've got rounds worth of getting through the dam- damage reduction instead of just a single swing right. for the same cost. And I, I do agree with you on that. They are far better utilized when they're on ranged weapons. Uh, so in, in terms of other mundane items, some of the interesting things I've seen you use are like uh, uh, foldable ladders or... <laughs> planks, crowbars, all manner of things. You're that person who's always got a backpack full of stuff from the gear section that the rest of us just went like, oh, that's not very cool. And yet moments come up in games where you're like, oh, yeah, well, I've got the perfect tool to solve this problem. One of the ways that I I either run and or play a game is I like I like to always if you're my GM or another player, you're always going to hear me asking, what does the room look like? I'm always thinking, what are the tools in the room that I can use? It's not just about my magical ability or what I can do. I want to know all the tools in the room. If there's a, you know, if there's a furnace in the room, hey, you know what? I could win the game or create a uh, escape route by blowing that furnace with alchemist, alchemist fire or mm-hmm. maybe some acid, throw it on there and it may take a round or two to eat through. But all of a sudden now you have a huge explosion. Um, chairs, uh, a rope. I mean, if you're looking at a, a bridge or anything, probably the easiest way to resolve an issue is with that one is to time your enemy going over it rather than run away and throw an alchemist fire on it. And all of a sudden you've got a whole lot of bad guys falling into a, into a hole. 
Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's timing and just having, like you said, the right tool for, for the job. Um, and I like how alchemy, if you are a caster and you have alchemy as well, you're saving those. I mean, how many of us have been put in situations where we're, we, we, we could use that spell, but haven't had a time to rest, mm-hmm. right? And alchemy solves that problem. It, it could, gives you a lot of the similar tools, maybe on a weaker level, at lower levels, where you're not eating up that spell, um, your spell list. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today was the idea of advancing or powering up uh, these sort of items. And do you think there's a reason why that hasn't been done? Or do you just think it's one of those things where mundane items and alchemy is sort of an afterthought so that people just haven't played with them as much as they do with spells? I think you're right. I think, Rob, uh, I think that people dismiss alchemy and the mundane items uh, more than they should. I think they're far more useful than people give them credit for. And so there hasn't really been an interest in raising the DCs of them or allowing people to raise the DCs of them. And I think that poison in general, because in most games, poison's given this negative connotation. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be honest. I mean, inside games, it's considered evil to use poison. Right. When it's very well something that they may use inside of a hospital or something like that anyways, because we rely so much on magic, that um, giving somebody the ability to raise the DC on a poison hasn't been very attractive. Yeah, I could, I can definitely see that. I would be interested to to see a really good system in in an ideal world what do you think that would look like a system of of increasing dcs or making mundane or, or uh alchemical items more powerful like do you have an idea of how that should look in in a game i think that if i were given the opportunity to raise the dcs of um, alchemical items it would probably be i would raise the check to make them mm-hmm. right so as you level up that check's going to be more uh, more accessible uh as well as maybe adding additional components to it i mean for example itching powder is a great it's a great great tool that um that i'd love to use more often but the dc is so low that it almost never comes into play after level four or five mm-hmm. right and uh, to be able to add additional components like to that, not only is it a pepper that causes irritation to the skin, but maybe throw some, you know, diamond dust in there or maybe glass shards. And all of a sudden this, the DC is higher, you craft it, and all of a sudden this itching powder is digging into your skin when you itch it. And then therefore it turns around and um, you, that you can raise the DC by doing that. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of creative ways to do that with alchemical items. I do think it's interesting um, as you're talking about you know, itching powder being a good example. But I think about a lot of like our modern or not even modern, but our historical world and warfare and how important of a role alchemy played in those kind of things. And yet how little of a role it sometimes plays in D&D just because magic is so prominent. But I mean, if you think of like crushed up glass, which was used for itching powder or to infect the lungs of troops on a battlefield you know, barbed wire, marsh pits, um, things like tar and fire on a field, incredibly valuable tools in our world, but they're kind of overlooked in D&D. And even when they're in there, the the mechanics for them are basically saying, oh, well, maybe first level characters will be affected by them, but no one else. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the effect that Greek fire, for example, had on on, in in total alchemical. I mean, it's an oil fire base, oil water base um, fire that spreads because of the oil in it, I mean, in Pathfinder or D&D, you could probably do something similar. I mean, imagine how effective a tango footback would be. Right. I mean, you're covering this person with oil, and then now all of a sudden you're setting them on fire. 
or a or an alchemist fire that splashes, but in that next turn it continues to burn for another round, and everybody who is splashed now takes damage right. for an additional round or something like that. And I think that would be kind of similar to that idea. I think most of these systems themselves have actually done a pretty good job as far as setting up alchemical items for people to use. Right? There's I, I think there's I, I really feel like there's just one guy who's doing the writing who's like, you know what, we're missing this piece. Let's put it in there. And it always gets put under equipment, non-magical, miscellaneous that no one pays attention <laughs> to because everybody always goes to armors and weapons first. Right. So no one ever looks at miscellaneous weird stuff on the side. But it's there. It's there for you to take advantage of. You just have to have, you just need to take a moment to imagine all the different scenarios you could use it in. Right. And if you just take one game session and go, okay, well, how can I get through that? One one of the fun ones that Pathfinder recently, when they did, they when they opened up their alchemical playbook, um, they did a crawl, was a wall creeper. Those wall creeper is just a plant that you put in your pocket. And if you put it on a wall, it creates like a five by 10 foot hole through a a wall. Oh, yeah. interesting. So, so no explosions, no magic, no, you know, magic detection or anything like that. You're just drilling a hole through a wall with a plant. And I'm just like, that's really cool. I mean, that's quiet. It's an unknown and people aren't expecting it. I think uh, you do mention a good point is the no magic part. One of the best things about using alchemical items is for the most part, they're not going to register as magical. Right. So you can have all sorts of things that you're carrying around without setting off those detect magics and in the you know worst case scenario when you're in anti-magic zones and things like that you still have answers to problems well and if you think about it a lot of times i'll play a stealth character and one of the downsides of being a stealth character is a lot of the magical items that you're carrying especially if somebody knows how to use detect magic or has um, that a lot if you look at a lot of the games a lot of them are designed to detect magic going on right right and this gives you a way through it that even the campaigns that are built aren't prepared for. So you think it gives you a, a kind of a leg up around it, the table? Yeah, I absolutely does. I think it's not something that other characters expect or that this, the campaign itself is expects. So it kind of gives you a leg up. Well, I definitely know I've been in games with you um, where you've done something with an alchemical item and we've all kind of looked at each other and been like, you're using what to do what that, what is that item? You're like, Oh yeah, it's just, you know, it's in the alchemy section and, it does this weird effect, and we're like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. So I think you're right. I think a lot of the problem comes with just maybe players aren't as interested in the alchemy as they should be because it is a whole other set of tools that you can have at your disposal. I think it is. I, I think it really allows a character or a player to expand on their utility. That's what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. Magic, I think, is, is if personally, I think magic is pretty straightforward. I, as a player, like to, I like, I like being uh, able to attack any situation, not necessarily by powering through it, but just like just thinking my way through it. I mean, that's, I, I want to, I want to think that's why I'm here. I'm here to have fun, mm -hmm. play a game and strategize my way through difficult situations um, in ways that possibly my enemy wouldn't expect. So. All right, sir. Well, let's go on to tricks of the trade. Okay, in today's Tricks of the Trade, we're going to be discussing some ideas of how to advance some magic items or how to use some mundane items in unique ways. Just anything really related to mundane or alchemy that you could steal and utilize in your own games. I'll go ahead and go first. The idea I have here is in order to power up poisons, treat poison DCs as 
spell DCs in terms of when you're creating them using your creation stat to set what the base DC is going to be. So if you have a really high intelligence, for example, and you're creating something through intelligence, go ahead and let that intelligence boost add to the DC of the item as you're creating it. And I think this way that as you become more powerful as a higher level character, you are adding a little bit more power to the items that you're making. Yeah, I like that a lot, Rob. I mean, it kind of gives you that idea of as the higher level you get, the better you're able to reduce like and and increase the um, the power of something, make it more, make it more potent, more potent. I love that. Um, I think that as far as my trick of the trade would be is um, yeah, when you're using alchemically or at least in specifically, if we're looking at uh, think about what you can add to add to the alchemical item. I mean, think of a purpose. What's its secondary purpose? Uh, for example, like that Tanglefoot bat trick, mm-hmm. you know, think about what it's made out of and then think about in real world and the fantasy world. What else does that thing do besides what the game tells you it does? Mm-hmm. You know, use that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, most of all, uh, get a good relationship with your DM. <laughs> because if you're going to be creative and you're going to start getting out of the box, you have to you have to be able to have a DM that's willing to go there with you as well. That is true. And I, um, one of the things like you were saying there is unlike spells, a lot of the tools that are listed in gear and some of those components, they don't have the same sort of restrictions. You know, spells you have like, okay, it'll affect one creature. It'll do this one thing. Here is the effect that we'll have on the gameplay. Whereas a lot of the tools and gear items are really only limited by your imagination. How can you explain how you're using them to the DM? Which is, to your point, I think there's just a lot more that you can do with a creative mind and an item that isn't restricted by here's exactly how it works. Right. I mean, one of the things that I can think of right off the bat is the spell um, Hold Portal, right? Mm -hmm. Primarily, it's just to keep a door shut. But right. you could do the same thing with alchemical glue as a DC 20 to 25 strength check. That's huge. It really is. And yeah. you can use it for a door. You can glue somebody's pants to a chair. I mean, there's just there's a whole lot of different things you could do. You could glue two things together and and and, and make your own, you know, make your own items. So there's just a lot more you can do with alchemical because it just gives you the item and tells you what it does. It doesn't give you any direction at all. Well, and, and to that point and to that ex- specific example, you can also force characters to overcome it with strength checks as to, as opposed to using hold portal. You have anti-magic, dispel magic, any number of ways that you can bypass it that way. But if it's held with glue, you're going to need a solvent or strength. And that's the way through. Right. Control your environment, right? If you can control your environment, then you're always going to come out ahead and and ideally live through that next encounter. Which I think as a DM is an important thing to incorporate into your games too, because it does give you opportunities to let individual characters shine. If you have things that are going to be solved most specifically by alchemical items or gear items, like they would let you, a character or a player like you, be more involved. But also if you wanted to use like a sealed thing that magic isn't going to bypass, you're going to need strength. It gives definitely an opportunity for your strong character to take the center stage. Right. And it's super frustrating for those people who rely on spells all the time. <laughs> which, which you don't mind doing, frustrating the magic users. Oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm a, I love doing that. It's uh, So it's just, a, I mean, imagine you're trying to get something like you, like a bottle or something open and you've got a lockpick doesn't work. You've got magic knock doesn't work. Nothing works because you're, an alchemical item was the thing that was, that was healing it shut. That is interesting. I did have one more idea that just came up to me while we were chatting, and that is to 
as a DM, you could offer more items that function similar to magic so that you aren't creating the same disparity between magic and items. So like you have your smoke smokestick, for example, would be a good one. But also any of those like lower level spells that would create magical effects, let let your alchemist create mundane things that can do similar things like create smoke, create light. Like you could definitely create a fluorescent sort of vial that you could shake and it would act as though you would cast light on an object, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Because and, and that's something that once you start using alchemical items, you start to think of all the different ways to use them and and you want your DM to be willing to allow you to be creative because isn't that the whole point? Definitely. And gaming is to be creative and to have some fun. So, I mean, the most important thing is for everybody to have a good time. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me to, today, Jamea. I appreciate it. I'm glad I finally got you on my show. Is there anything else you want to share before we go? You know what? I think we covered most everything. I mean, you're a wonderful host and I am, I've been, I've been dying to get on here. I just, you know, run into busy life and, you know, kids and family and all that jazz. So it's, yes, uh, sir. It's and, things go. and all the role playing we try to squeeze and in there as well. The role play <laughs> we try to squeeze in every hour here and there we can. Awesome. There. But, uh, but yeah, it's good. Just, I would just encourage everybody to kind of check out alchemy. And, um, I think you'd be surprised on what kind of a new niche, um, it can bring to bring to the game. You may be that one guy who starts it like I was with our group and, and no one else has thought of it. And, um, you can uh, really carve yourself a, a place in your game group. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, Cyclothids. It was wonderful of you to join us. And before we go, I just want to remind you to leave this show a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, check out my book, Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. You can find that on Amazon. There's also a link in the show notes. And feel free to send me an email if you have any suggestions, comments, or ideas for future shows. The address is all one word, dungeonsdragonspsychology at gmail.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next session.